So, so you're Evan Dorkin. Wait, did we start? Yeah. Oh shit! I'm gonna be on there going. <laughs> no, you're not. No, was it? No, but I mean. All right. So you're Evan Dorkin. I am Evan. You're Paul Yelovich. Right. What the fuck? I just forgot you. You're That's Paul okay. Yelovich. You, you, st- you stymied me. You scar- well, well, me. Let's do it again. All right. You're Evan Dorkin. You're Paul Yelovich. And this is. Tear them, tear, 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 tear them, them apart podcast. <laughs> Keep that. That's fine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. Yes. That's ten. Episode 10. 10. It's our 10th anniversary. And one of the things is we oh. didn't know what to do today. No, because we haven't had a lot of time to keep... I haven't had. I don't... You know, we've been busy. It's the holidays. Right. Exactly. A lot of the, you know, time to cry. I had an idea. Yeah. So it's going to be the good... <laughs> the bad... the Q&A. And the Q&A section. So we're going to talk about a a really good film, Mm -hmm. a really bad film, and we've we've asked some people on Twitter and around to um, ask us some questions. There was some good stuff in there, although I felt like, once again, I'm going to have to talk about why I haven't seen anything that's... Under 21 years old. <laughs> Actually, the movie we're going to talk about is not that old. The good right. movie is not that old. No. Isn't it only like a year or two old? Episode 10. Uh, 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 uh. The good, the bad, and the Q&A. From 2017. Evan. Paul. I talked about it last episode. The bees. <laughs> oh, I hope this is the bees. <laughs> yes, you did mention it. And I watched it. And we talked about it when I drove you to the airport. The Japanese movie, One Cut of the Dead. One Cut of the Dead. Well, here's a weird title. The title doesn't, yeah. One thing that I mentioned that I thought... Which you were right. We didn't want any spoilers. I went into it blind. I hope people are doing that. And then you didn't say anything about it other than you felt you shouldn't say anything. Right, people... And I went into it blind. I wouldn't even make a trailer for this thing. I mean, it's interesting. I didn't see a trailer for this. Mm. This is obviously going to be heavy, heavy spoilers. Yeah. But Stevie's going to come in and say when you could come back if you want to watch it. So we're going to have Stevie be the, the horror horn. She's the horror horn. I'm the horror horn. That sounds terrible for Stevie. Well, isn't she married some, me. Is, yeah, no, but I mean, isn't there something else? Beside, but the horror horn's real. The horror horn's from, I forget what the name of the movie is, but it was like a William Castle-like gimmick. If right. The, here comes the horror. Yeah, so when something scary happens... For all the grandmas out there, I guess, the horror horn would go off to let people know what. What are they supposed to do? I don't know. Cover their eyes? To avoid spoilers for One Cut of the Dead, fast forward to the 35-minute mark. So One Cut of the Dead... How did you you end up finding out about it? uh, One Cut of the Dead, it's one of those things where all of a sudden I see it in three or four places. Right, I hear you. It's premiering on Shudder. A couple of people on Twitter were talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and I watched it. You and Stevie watched it? Or? I watched it by myself. Right. Oh, that's right. You said that you actually wanted to rewatch it. And then I wanted to watch it again. So I talked Stevie into it. Yeah. And then I told people they should watch it, watch it, watch and it. And that's after the episode. I told, and I now want to watch it with the family. Yeah. I think that they would both like it. One Cut of the Dead is a horror, comedy, feel good 
That's the thing about it. There is movie. a feel-good part of it that you would not expect in right. this movie. Which, right then and there, is a spoiler. I guess we're in spoilers almost all we're the way. We're in spoilers. <clears throat> That's the thing about it. You, it's a movie that changes as you watch it. There's three distinct There's three acts. Dis- there, yeah. Here we go. It just post-spoils. You watch it for a half hour and you go, do I like this zombie movie? I did not. Yeah. It's an awkward... It's not... There's nothing different about it. Well, that was the one thing I knew. I knew that there was a, a either the whole movie was one cut or yeah. one take. Right. Well, or, I figured we were going to get into a situation... Obviously, you go one cut of the dead. You're watching this movie. It's about a bunch of people making a horror movie in an abandoned factory or something. In episode nine, you're talking about junk and you talk about right, Japanese right, movies right, in... Right, right, Yeah, look things. at that. It's a good location. This is big wrecked... It's really hard to actually tell what it is and they start talking about how there's a curse there the director is a dick right you hate the director right off the bat he's obsessed screaming at the actors so the movie has a lot of the movie has a lot of meta stuff going on the movie starts and then you find out after five minutes that it's a movie with it's a movie being made you're watching a movie being made exactly a zombie is attacking its his girlfriend she's screaming the scene ends a director yells starts yelling at them I don't know if he yells cut, but he starts screaming at them, and then the movie starts over. Mm. It's a bunch of people making the movie, and he's all crazy pissed off. He leaves the set for a while. As you're watching it, you notice they're not cutting. They're this not is cutting. So, so, you're gonna, so you're like, okay, so that's the thing. You're getting one long, yeah. and either it's going to be rope, and they're going to cut once in a while. Exactly. I'm like, is someone's gonna... on someone's back. And I'm sitting there going, so it's a found footage film. Exactly. Of filmmakers making a film. So it's a movie within a movie. And you just really get the idea it's just going to be a real, it's going to be a basic zombie flick, like junk, except it's being shot as a bunch of movie makers who somehow a zombie thing starts. I thought that the guy was going up to the roof and he was going to do some ritual. Yeah, there is a, there's talk about a legend. There's a legend that, yeah, I forget what the legend was, to be honest, because you really don't need it. It's not that important after a while. And you got to realize this is the movie right now, that you're dealing with a zombie you're dealing with a horror movie about a film crew of about 10 people at a location. The boss is terrifying. The director is terrifying and you get the feeling he's... Yeah, you hate him. You hate him. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, no, seriously. Yeah. You, fi- you can't wait for this guy to be out of the movie right off the bat. You're mm. like, this is going to be about a movie about an obsessed filmmaker who starts a, a real zombie nightmare of some right. sort or it becomes a slasher on the movie set. Right. So, You're so, not quite sure. But yeah. You know this guy's a problem. You don't know if it's supernatural. You don't know he's where a, it's going. Yeah. But the weird thing is, as you watch it, you start going... Something's off. This, this doesn't make sense. There's odd pauses. There's... It's, it's awkward and cheap, and you don't know if they're improvising. I thought they were improvising. And I thought that they were just making shit up as they went along because that, that it's a cheap movie. And it's, one of the, it's just a piece of garbage where the actors don't have a full script or they're just being told because they're talking about things... It's, it kind of gets boring and awkward and you're waiting for them to hear that the director who made the guy take the blood up to the top. Of the, you get these two hints that something's going on. The director is crazy and is threatening everybody that this movie better be more horrific. That's the thing. He says, you're not scared enough. It's not horrifying enough. And he's a screaming pain in the ass film guy that you want to punch in the mouth. He's gone up to the roof and he told the guy to bring all the fake blood up there. And you're like... Since you're not seeing them for a while, I'm wait. My my audience mind is going. He's gonna go fucking do some ritual up there that 
ties into the ghost story or the horror story right. the, uh, and kick off some real crazy right, shit. The char- actually, we should get into the characters because it's kind of important. Right. The director, the female lead, the male lead. There's a woman on the crew that we're not quite sure what her job is. She uh, seems to be the main... Woman. Older woman. She seems to be, you know, like the director's age and she seems to also be experienced with film and everything. So you're mm. like... She's just talking to them and she tells us about the legend. Right. She's giving us exposition. And there's a couple of crew members. There's a zombie situation. There's a zombie situation. And everybody is not they think they think it's fake. Right. Or part of the movie. It's one of the crew members comes in and there's craziness and one guy walks out, he gets sick and leaves. Vomits on God. And you're kinda like, Okay, is there an ill you have no idea what the fuck's going on. And then at some point the director screams action at them. And, and gets and he gets he sticks the cameras in their face. Right. He's orchestrating he's orchestrating zombies attacking him for real. You right. do not know where the zombies came from, but you assume it has something to do with the backstory and the director running off to you know, walking off pissed to do something. He you know, he read from a book of the dead or some shit. You don't know. But there is a real zombie trying to chew on people. But there's still things that aren't making sense. Yeah. There's a scene where the sound guy is just sitting in the corner. Yeah. And I'm like is he possessed? Is he weird? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just walks out. It feels very Evil Dead in that you're not quite sure what's going on. But that, but not in a good way. No, it not, doesn't not feel in a controlled like way. It yeah. doesn't feel like it's a well-made one No, but it doesn't, feel out of, it doesn't feel out of control. That's the important point. It does not mm. feel as if the movie has become what our next movie is going to be. That this is going to be things or something like that. This does not feel like a bunch of goofballs with the cameras who are just in and out and giggling and making some piece of junk. But you don't... I had no clue of what was to come. I'm waiting for an hour and a half of a not very good zombie movie where it's just going to escalate. And I was actually really getting pissed because I thought it was going to be an hour and a half of this director screaming at people. I kept on looking at my watch and and going, going, how much longer is this And it goes on and it goes on and there's a lot of found footage stuff and it's... You can't tell if they're trying to be clever, if they're inept, or if there's just... A uh, what's the, a style that they're going for that's not clicking with me? Right. The camera gets they're doing all this found footage stuff. Camera falls at one point and there's mayhem going on. Right. While some woman's been, but everything seems to go on a little too long. Yeah, but you think it's because of the one shot. Yeah. The one shot means that they're going to start setting things up in a way that they can have the small crew continue one shot. I if I had a watch, I would have been checking it. I was getting very frustrated with this movie Cute. because it just felt like they're trying to uphold the gimmick of one shot found footage so the movie's really awkward and boring and they don't have much to do so it plays out we've got our two leads running around yeah we've got from the rest of the crew which is getting more and more turned into zombies right the older woman um she goes nuts she goes absolutely bug fuck crazy and it's kind of weird it, it doesn't make a lot of sense it's not bad though but you feel like it's her reaction that she's gone her character's gone but everything's a little over the top so you felt like she's panicking right she's they show that she is into this uh self-defense course so her character seems like it's a little bit uh, it's a comedy character but she also she tries to kill one of the characters there's a mark on the female lead right. that she thinks she's it's a bite it looks like bite. she's been bitten Right. So right. she goes after her, and it's crazy. There's running around. There's there's zombies appearing. There's people getting knocked down. And the there's director stuff going on. Jumps there's, out once in a while, yeah. scre- moving things along. We get on the roof eventually by the end, and the and boyfriend's turned into a zombie. And, and there's it, some artsy shit where you're seeing reactions of characters rather than what's happening. And yeah. again, it feels like these are all choices made to keep the one cut going 
even if it means boring. There is one scene though that's very Blair Witch where a character is hiding and somebody walks up to her and she reacts in terror. And then the character walks off and you have no idea what that yeah. And it just reminded me a lot of the end of Blair Witch where it's an unexplained weird character turned to face the wall. So there was, a, there was enough in there going where you were thinking they're putting the pieces together as to what is happening behind the scene. What did the director do? What's going on with the curse? You feel like there's a mystery here and you feel like things are going to get explained to some degree because right. the action is not compelling. There's sections where it's, they're just following her, Ugh. running. Yeah. And you get pissed also because you're like, why is the cameraman going along with the director? You know, you, you know you're like, this is, this is, to keep this contrivance going, this movie kind of stinks. Right. I didn't like it. It ends with this interesting crane shot and I go, oh, that's interesting. They yeah. put a crane shot in it and it's a one cut thing. So that's interesting and, how they did that. And it ends with a very kind of, another Blair Witch kind of, you know, end of Texas Chainsaw. What exactly is going on here? Where it just ends with her, the surviving character, looking like the girl at the end of Texas Chainsaw or the end of Tourist Trap. She's been driven mad. Mm. But she's in, the, she's in the middle of this large pentagram, pentagram, pentagram. type thing yeah. that's been painted in the blood. Yeah. That you were wondering, that I was wondering, or right. maybe you were too, at the beginning yeah, of the movie. it's like... It doesn't really satisfy. And if you look at your watch, you got. There's like, another hour of this fucking movie. And the credits roll, and you hear cut. And then and you, you realize while the credits are rolling, okay, we're, the movie has a twist. And I'm pissed because I don't want a fucking twist. No. I'm thinking, oh, that's why they're saying the movie's great. It's another movie with a fucking stupid twist. Yeah, yeah. I was getting annoyed because I was like, here's the gimmick, and it's not the one cut. Now we see a scene. The Actually, aspect, I believe they say it's like couple, six months or yeah, four a, months a, earlier. It's, yeah, it's, and you're like... A few months earlier. Okay, so this is going to be about how they all got here. You figure this is still part of the movie. But it's not, it's not one cut. It's not... We the, the movie was a movie within a movie within a movie. Right. You have two people being filmed in a movie, which turns out to be a movie. And now we're getting the backstory of how not the movie happened, but how the movie was made. Right. And... That's interesting, but you're, it's an adjustment. Yeah. It's a weird adjustment. So we're now back to um, traditional filmmaking. It's Right, there's no more one cut. We see the director, but he seems totally different. He's, he's a different a, person, yeah. and you have to adjust to the fact that he's actually kind of hapless. Yeah, and he's just this goofy... It turns out he's this goofy, low-budget director. He, he's a low-budget director who has a reputation for just turning them in. Yeah, he he's can not, get it done. He can get it done. He's average. He's average, and the people want to make it's a shutter kind of channel. We find out like there's going to be a zombie channel, and they want to yeah, do ho- a is it a horrors or is it a zombie channel? I, I think, think it's it is just, a whole zombie yeah, channel, which is stupid. Yeah, and in in some ways, I'm kind of annoyed because I'm like, oh, it's not a horror movie now. Yeah, it's a, it's not even a, it's not even. What a, is it? It's sort of a dramedy. Yeah, because the people who are hiring them are a little oddball. Yeah, and this guy, this woman and her assistant, or who are backing the zombie thing, are clearly goofy but legit hmm. and they're hiring him to make a low budget one cut one cut of the dead so yeah. the gimmick is now one cut of the dead is a movie that was made and we're going to see how they made the, but we're actually we kind of getting a bit of his home story and the story of the people uh, who were involved we're introduced to his wife and his kid his kid is a young adult yeah but I, I guess Maybe teen, maybe teen. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. She's into movies. I think she's got a pro- She's down on her dad. And she's into making film. We, she's we, into film and she thinks her dad's 
a hack. A hack. She's got other issues. She's you know she's a fan of pop culture and stuff, but she argues she really is disappointed in her father. Right. And they don't get along. And the wife, his the director's yeah real wife plays the older woman. Yeah, in she's, the movie. She's the woman with the self defense right. palm. Right, we in the see movie her, they say palm. That's right. the word for her making these moves. And we see her watching a a self defense course because it right. turns out the mother used to be an actress. Right, but she stopped and she really doesn't. And she's the, looking for ho- hobbies. She's she looking for hobbies, and and the self defense is her hobby. And her daughter, I think, daughter wants her to get back into movies because she, she was happy then. Right, or so happier. The whole family is very on edge. They, yeah. They're obviously not getting along. It's actually kind of depressing. Right, <laughs> we see a scene where the daughter is working as a grip on something, mm. and she doesn't want to use. She does. She wants the character to cry. Yeah. Not using. She doesn't want to use the glycerin. I think drops. Which yeah. we see her father do in the beginning when he's filming one of his hack TV right. shows or movies. So or basically, he's just gonna. They want him to just churn this thing out. Right. But the gimmick is they are going to have to do it in real time. So it takes a lot of planning. And we're seeing... The, and they have actors for him. They have a pop star, I think. Yeah, a, a teen a, a idol. J, a teen idol. Yeah, we have... The daughter is a fan of. So right. she wants to stick... She wants to be around to watch him. And there's a young actress. And those are our two leads from the movie we've seen. And we're starting to see various crew members getting put together. Right, but the weird thing is when he puts together the actors... There's an actor playing the director, and there's an actor playing the older woman. Yeah, it's very... It's it not starts to get them. Also, we find out that one of the people that was in the movie we saw is a terrible alcoholic. And can't be trusted near Cannot booze at all. Cannot be trusted near booze at all. And we start to get the hint that some of the people on the crew are... They're not likable if, if, in a lot of ways. So. The teen idol is a dick. He's a dick. And she is a bit of a diva. Yeah. Uh, They're not nice people. And the thing is, you really like them in the first movie. Mm. So funny enough, it's a really interesting thing that the movie sets up is that your two leads in the movie, you don't like them. No. And the director who you absolutely were sold on, I mean, I hated him. Hated him. It's a real easy, he's so annoying. Kill that fucking I can't wait for them to tear him apart. The zombies to tear him apart, which does not happen. Um... All of a sudden, you start feeling sympathetic for this guy. If nothing else, that's a really interesting, yeah. funny thing that the roles of certain of these characters. And you're like, so yeah, he's not the director. So no. then, so certain things. What's going to happen? So there's tension there, right. interestingly enough, and you get sucked into the second act, which is all about them planning the movie and things that happen. Right, and I feel like the way they put the pieces together are are clever. But it's, at the same time, I'm still not sold on this movie. No, I didn't love the second act. I didn't know why. Love- because I thought I would have to see it all done again and yeah. I'd be bored. Well, but I didn't know. I didn't. I thought that the. I didn't know what was going to. I didn't know if they were going to show it all over again. I didn't know what the, where this was going. I really thought that we were in for an hour of this. I, my, I did not think we were coming back to the movie that easily. My I we fear get... was that the director maybe does snap, but he's so he's such a nice guy. I thought that the, they were going to reveal the backstory later on, and the backstory was going to be the curse turned the director crazy or something. Yeah. I'm still looking for conventional... It, right, right. This so is... the movie's got me flummoxed twice. While I'm sitting through it, I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I'm still having problems with this movie. I did not like the zombie movie. The situation dramedy that I'm watching right now, isn't. it's just not great. It's good. The... But it's no, what it has not is it, exciting. But it me. has a few things in it that make you think, 
Well, sure. What, oh, it, 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 it locked gonna, me into the movie. They're going to surprise me again. Yeah. Because... It locked me into the movie, though. I wanted. To, I did not want to... I mean, if that first movie kept going, this I would have been yeah. bored. I yeah. would have been wanting to turn it off. Th- that would have been the bad movie on this episode. That would have... It was just not... It would it, Actually, it wouldn't have been worth talking about. No, not it at all. It would have just been like there's this... Oh, one, yeah, it's just... The fact that people liked it and the fact that you said that you didn't want to tell me anything about it, that, of course, kept me hooked. The second act did hook me, though. There's enough... Weird, funny, but it wasn't exciting. It wasn't charming. It wasn't. It wasn't great. We find out one of the actors uh, can only have soft water. Oh right, have... right. He can't have certain food or water. Yeah. If he yeah. has hard water, it gives him the shits. We find out that the um, the assistant camera girl, this young woman, wants to do some of the handheld work, yeah. but the cameraman doesn't That's think she's right. ready to. Yeah, we're getting all these, like, everybody's got a small arc. The daughter is at the meetings and on set so that she can see the actor. Right. So she's watching them plan the movie. And she's reading the script. And she's into it because of the idea that they're making this thing, but she's, because of her interest in film, she's paying attention to what her father is doing. Not always happy with what he's choosing because he's opting for easy way outs and things like that but he is being taken for granted as a hack who will do what he's told and that they don't expect much they really are sniping at him out meaning they're not you know what i mean the two bosses they're sort of like well you know you don't you won't bother with this they're not being bastards to him but they're really just going just get it done we know what you're capable of Yeah. yeah Now, and he's unhappy. He, but oh, this is a messed up mess of a job. This is a hard job. They realize this is going to be really difficult. And it's mean? live. I yeah. don't know if we actually said. Oh that. yeah, it's, it's a going live. to be shot. It's going to be shown. I think you did. It's going to be shown live, so they can't fuck up the one shot. It's this is a ball buster of a job. Now we find out the problems with the family. It turns right. out the mother used to be an actress. But she gets a little carried away in her parts. She starts to live her roles and she she starts to become difficult in real life because she starts to subsume herself into the character. The father and daughter had a once had a much closer relationship that was probably tied into her being interested in making films and stuff. Uh, They just got along better back then and before I guess also she got older. Isn't there a photograph? There's a photograph that he looks at of of her a young girl on his his shoulder and it's adorable. He's crying and he's He's, miserable. And I'm not liking that. I don't want to see this stuff. I'm like, oh, this is depressing, you know? I'm like, why are we Yeah. Why do we need all this so it just it, started feeling like it was going to be like, you know, making film sucks. <laughs> it was like really kind of a bummer. Yeah. It was making fun of the process. It was making fun of the actors. He was hapless. The, the bosses really just didn't care what kind of product they turned in as long as they... And they didn't seem to really know what they were talking about. They were just the money people. But they were the ones who get to make the decisions. There was a lot of knocking on the industry and stuff. Uh, he's friends with the drunk... He, he's used him before, but he's trying to help him out. But the guy is really bad. Oh, that there's a talk between him and the drunk about him not talking to a, one of his kids. Yeah. And there's this, yeah. and that plays into and what he's happens. he's hilarious because he's like kind of, he's not like the usual drunk. He's kind of unrepentant in some ways. <laughs> and at the same, he's just like, yeah, I've thrown my life away, but I, this is what it. I, yeah, he's not... He's not having some Rod Serling speech every two minutes, you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. about what he could have had in life or whatnot. His life is actually super depressing, that, yeah. you know, and uh, he's kind of, he's thrown his life away and has had no moments, you know what I mean? He's got, yeah. really, he's just sailing through life with nothing to look forward to or accomplishments. So everybody has an arc set up, yeah. you realize, and, and you don't know how, right. what this is going to mean. Because now it's act three and the day of the live one cut zombie shoot. 
They're going to make the movie that you saw at the beginning. Now, the mother and the daughter of the director show up because she likes the teen idol. She likes the teen idol. And she wants to get her mother a little excited about movies again. The mother probably. has actually thought of, you know, she's mm. like thought about maybe doing something again. And I, did they offer her a role? I can't, they did not. No. The father, in fact, didn't, I think somebody might even say something about it, but they're like, yeah. no, she's retired. Everyone we've seen in the movie, behind the scenes, there's, a, there's an extra bunch of people who are going to be working in a directorial booth. Like you said, there's a director. There's makeup people. Make, yeah, there's a few. There's people like that. And, and, and there's they, the other camera, the camera woman, the, the main camera, the main cameraman. So all those people are assembled. And, and we've got to realize that, one, the director put this together. Yeah. He wasn't given a script, so he, yeah. he creates this. Yeah. His daughter's been reading the script because she finds it interesting and the wife i think has been reading the script and the wife has been reading the script yeah. because she always does it yeah. turns out it's the day of the shoot the actor that's supposed to play the director and the actress who's supposed to play the older woman who they've hinted might be having an affair yeah have gotten into an accident and they can't get there in time so we now know why the director and the actress have changed and you start to go huh yeah okay this is He's going to take over the role of director because he knows the movie. And he did a little acting, I think. He did a little acting. School. Yeah, and that makes sense. That yeah. makes perfect sense. And the, everybody starts to sweat a little bit because this is already really tough. Should we cancel? They're constantly threatening to cancel this thing. And he wants to make it and everybody's okay. And then they realize she can act. She knows the script. Right. The daughter says... The daughter says, hold on. My mom's read it. She knows it. She yeah. could do it. And it's like, and the father does not want this. The, the director father does looks not want really it. unhappy and you don't know why. Yeah. You know, you know that there's a problem. Obviously, <laughs> you don't know why. It's one of the best things in the movie, too. So, you start to realize that we're going to see everything that's happening behind the scenes as they're making the movie that you've seen. And now you realize all those weird parts are going to have answers, and you're like, "Oh, I'm probably not going to be bored for the next forty minutes." Pretty much from the beginning of the third act, you st I started yeah. getting very happy. Yeah. And then after a while, I just went, I love this movie. Yeah. I, I did not like the first third of this movie. I was not, didn't love the second half of this movie. And the third, the third third of this movie made this one of the most enjoyable films I've seen. I love yeah. this movie. This movie, I want to hug this movie. Yeah. It turned, not only does it turn, is it not a zombie film with people getting munched on? Is it not a depresso? It is actually an uplifting comedy. About, it becomes a full on comedy. Yeah. In the third act about the, the behind the scenes. They're showing you a movie within a movie within a movie within a movie. You are watching, you are a camera that is filming everything that is happening. You are now omniscient, I think, in yeah. watching one cut of the dead being made. Not in one cut. No. It's not in one cut anymore. So what you're basically seeing is they're pulling, they're pulling the sets. You, every, all the curtains are being pulled aside so you can see what caused every scene to happen the way it did in the first third. And we know why that guy can't drink hard water and it gives him diarrhea. And now we know why a character walks off when you think he's turning into a zombie. He's leaving the movie. Right. He's, he's basically getting sick and leaving and changing. Somebody has to take over his job. There's two producers. There's a, yeah. a woman who's in the She's like the decision-making money yeah. person. She's the, and then there's the an on-set producer. On-set guy who basically keeps wanting to say, we should, we should we stop, should stop this. this. And the funny thing is, they keep this tense even though you know for a fact that the movie got made. Yeah. Even though that you know that they pulled the movie off. 
all the tension is in watching basically this circus performance, this slapstick, insane performance going on behind the scenes where all the characters who are not on, sh on scene are all working together to make every scene happen as best as they can without the movie falling apart, even though the movie is falling apart at absolutely every minute since it was behind the scenes. Right, it's fucking it, insane. Since it was so planned out so they could do it in one cut, when actors can't perform their roles, they think they got to shut it down, and then the daughter comes in, well, and she goes... They, she, she takes over. She goes, no. Yeah. We can move this to there and there, and now She takes over, reconfigures how the movie can get finished, then all the characters who are out in the set are racing around behind the scenes to basically catch cans as they fall, in a, in a, yeah. as a metaphor, catch things before they hit the ground and hold things up behind mm. the scenes to keep... Literally. Literally. The drunk falls apart and they you, you find out that the reason he becomes a zombie is because he is so fucked up drunk they throw makeup on him and turn him into a zombie in the middle of this half hour live shoot. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. The sick guy... He gets on camera again. I think he has to play a dead body later on. But everything changes. Everything yeah. you know is wrong from the planning of the film, but you still don't know what's coming, even though you know the movie. But it explains every question you have about the horror movie becomes answered because of a mistake right. or of an opportunity or of a fuck-up that happens. It, it's it, Basically, they, they are... It's insane. Yeah, it's, they, so, are, they are rebuilding the, ma the mousetrap as you they go along. Now, when we saw scenes of characters so not good. talking or talking about weird stuff, we learned that there were people with cards saying... The improvise. Improvise. Stretch out. Go here now. the drunk has not done what he's supposed to do. Yeah. The sound guy has walked off the set <laughs> to, be, to be sick in the woods. <laughs> So they're all making shit. So she's talking about her self-defense courses because she doesn't know what else to talk right. about. And that's why you're getting awkward discussion about her self-defense, which you, ends yeah. up explaining the reason she starts going wild later in the movie is not because she's become paranoid or uh, crazy. It's because in real life, she's actually gone deep into the character and is starting to attack everyone and, and she's so, kicking the shit out of them so she starts beating the shit out of people on set she starts palm she starts beating people up while saying her self-defense <laughs> stuff and she's gotten so deep into the character that she's really lost her mind in real life she's gone that's why the father doesn't want her going off she has a real problem she's almost like an alcoholic right she's lost her mind and is attacking people on the set at some point you find out the reason that the camera got dropped and you're sitting there watching it. It's not an aesthetic choice. The cameraman actually gets knocked unconscious. <laughs> and, and it takes a long time to get picked up. Yeah, and it's the, Because? Because it's the assistant camera woman that wanted to... She steps in and saves the movie. Because, Everyone saves the movie at some point. Because now it's a family. It's about family and low-budget filmmaking and people start coming, coming together. together. Because in the, the beginning... The actors start to step up because they realize... That they've got it. Everybody comes together, and it's a beautiful thing. It's it becomes a positive, insane, up with people. We can do this. Loser, bad news bears, filmmakers do well, but it's so sloppy, crazy, insanely perfectly laid out that you it doesn't feel saccharine. The movie is so insanely put together, so beautifully put together. The puzzle pieces are the puzzle is broken, put back together differently broken and put back together with the same pieces it's you just keep going wow so the third part is fucking hilarious because right, you're watching drunks fuck-ups and and weirdos who are 
just on the brink of failure. Right. And you're rooting for them. Just like when I said, wow, they did a they did a crane shot in yeah. one cut. That's the we end of the movie. We realized that's yeah. the end of the movie and that's the big deal. But the, the crane breaks. The crane, they don't have a crane. Everything has to be created on the spot. They are making up solutions on the... They and get, it's so smart but they have to give us. they have to give us that low point, which is the director wants that crane shot. Yeah. And the, the crane's broken. Actually, he, yeah, this is this his is moment. His thing. It's his project, you know? Yeah. He's serious about it. Now. Yeah, because and he wants more, to show his daughter he can do and it. And the more things fuck up, the more people basically just go... They they step up. I'm Spartacus. They yeah. all start they to all fucking step up. step up. So we get a call back to that picture. And the last shot, really, it's they bring the entire movie together in one shot. They Build don't have a crane. A human pyramid. They literally, everybody has to pitch in and everybody has to be so together. The, the, so every character contributes. The teenile comes and he's there. He's going to do everybody it. Everybody becomes. The producer guy is there. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, they build a human it. pyramid. And, they, and then they still aren't high enough. Yeah. And he needs. It, it's the last shot involves the family. It's yeah. the, uh, actually, I don't know if the mom's on there because I don't know if she's... Yeah. I can't remember. No. But it unite, It reunites, literally reunites the, the father and the daughter. Right. The, the daughter lit. had the idea by looking at the picture. She was on her father's shoulders. It is... Uh, it's I'm adorable. It, it's adorable. It's it's charming as fuck. I mean... I the, rooted for this movie the way that I rooted for the characters inside. That's... It's, it's a... This is a movie that folds in on itself so many fucking times. It is one of the most meta experiences I've ever had in its own weird, small way. You find new spirals. Yeah. How this because the movie forces you, as a viewer, to participate in different ways. I've seen people say this, and I agree. You, you don't like the first movie. You're not sold on the second part of the movie, and the third part of the movie changes your experience completely you have new eyes and the movie becomes a wholly different experience right. and you re exactly. you're in a feel-good comedy that actually doesn't suck in the original in the first act yeah. after the credits roll we hear him go cut yeah and when he goes cut the pyramid falls and they're all laughing it's and now there's so a drone cool. shot from way high right, above because right. it's a movie within a movie, movie within, within a movie within, within, a, movie, within, within a, movie. a movie yeah because the credits are the real crew yes showing them filming yeah the it's insane filming it's, the I mean, the way that the third section is put together, well edited, well shot, that it's just, and well acted. The actors must have gone through fuck. I would love to see a camera behind the camera behind the camera. <laughs> I, like those shots you were talking about during the end credits where they're showing them mm. filming. It's like, this is an exhausting movie. That last third is breakneck, crazy, almost silent movie stunts at some points. The way that they fulfill the reality of that first movie from another angle, characters are sometimes holding up other characters it's just i've never seen anything like it yeah end of spoilers <laughs> okay you like that you want me to try it again yeah do it again okay <laughs> think it's really great to go into this film knowing as little as possible right but but here's the thing stick with it Stick with it. If you if you watch it and you get bored, it's part of the experience. Let's put, just say it that yeah, way. Yeah, put put forty five minutes. Or just in. just don't don't walk away from the movie. Stay with this movie and don't walk from it. You have to see the entire. You have to see the entire movie, or you you can't judge it. That's all. Yeah, exactly. You've got to see the whole movie because uh, lots of after we after I watched it, I looked it up, and a lot of people said that they had to drag people back. And that's not saying that this movie is going to like make you sick or crazy, no. but 
Um, you're gonna, but when you're told this when you're is, told something's great, yeah, and you're watching something, and you just feel like I've seen this movie well, before. Whoop de doo. What did what did we what did you ask me last episode? You said to me, "Is it really important not to go? Is it is yeah. it really good?" Oh, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. Try, yeah. Don't don't read anything about it. Just go just go watch it. Yeah. I watched it compl- all. You you said watch it on the on the when we recorded. But two days later, I watched it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. See one cut of the dead. See one cut of the dead. It's. It's, we're probably not going to meet another film like it. Yeah, I love it. The Bad. <laughs> in, in opposite. Um, you tweeted the other day. Right, I was watching a, a YouTube channel. It's a great YouTube channel called uh, Dark Corners. They did a review of it. We'll put a link in the show notes. Of course we will. We will acknowledge that that's cool. And... Um, you know, I didn't even watch the whole review. I, I shut it off after yeah. like a minute because I went, oh, this looks fucking nuts. <laughs> I look at this and I'm like, okay. And we were, we were, we weren't going to talk about this movie because we didn't have such a, we didn't have a total plan. And uh, I, I wrote, you know, I was exhausted. I had to, I, because I, I, I walked like a mile and, you know, I'm dying from just that. I'm like, I'll relax. The, I'll spend the rest of the night. Maybe I'll watch something. And I see this tweet and I go, and I write you back while we're writing about getting together tonight. I think I might be bloodstreaming <laughs> in a little while. And I did bloodstream. And... It doesn't work. It's rubbish. Yeah. Better luck next time. There won't be a next time. You had a golden opportunity and you blew it. You'll never work for me again. I'll make sure of that. If I were you, I'd get a proper job. The movie's called Bloodstream. 8mm... It was shown on 8mm? I've read... The... I thought it might have been 16. I was given the benefit of the doubt on that one. <laughs> you do see a lot of 8mm film in this movie. It was making me crazy watching this thing. It looks like it was made in 1975. It's hilarious. This is a so bad it's good. Although at times, I just found myself shaking my head so much I was getting vertigo. But I'm, I was never bored. I honestly wasn't never. I was never bored because it because I was bored at points, but not not the way like watching, you know, Swarm or something like that, or you know, some real boring, big giant Hollywood mess. So it was directed by Michael J. Murphy. Michael J. Murphy, and it's uh, he made a lot of these. Apparently, this is his least favorite, apparently, and uh, so I'm curious what the other movies are like. And it's just well. Would you like to describe the plot of uh, Bloodstream? That's kind of what's fascinating about this thing is I've never seen such a ineptly handled plot. Everything in this movie is inept. I didn't know that the UK could make things this. Wait, but so the plot of this movie is the uh, this dollar store Oliver Reed guy who went to film school. He made a he makes a video cassette called Bloodstream. Bloodstream for this guy named William King. Exactly, blood and tits, a few scares, a few thrills. Nothing too demanding. This hilarious British uh, video cassette release guy. Right. It's very, it's, a, it's a little bit of a meta study on the video nasties. <laughs> yeah, and and filmmaking in general. Right. And apparently, based on the real feelings of Michael J. Uh, Murphy, he's he was pissed off about something because you know the guys a stand in for him. It's a revenge movie. Uh, he makes this thing called Bloodstream. The guy who's going to distribute it tells him it's a piece of shit and that he's fired as per his contract, which is a great scene. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this guy gets fired for making a movie that is deemed uncommercial, but really 
the guy's cutting him out of the process. Because not it's profits. a it's a great movie. Because it's a great movie that immediately gets international sales, sells hundreds of thousands of units, and becomes a amazing hit within thirteen days, right? Uh, or something like that. The secretary of this guy, who screwed the director over, starts to put together proof of him screwing him over. She starts doing all this intelligence work in the office to, like, you know, get into his safe, change the contracts, and to play. She's in love with the fire director, right? Who she helps whoop up to basically kill. Right. He's going to wear the costume. He's going to wear the costume from Bloodstream and murder everyone to get revenge on them. The reason that I have a problem with this plot is that I've never seen a movie in my life before where the killer is killing people who had nothing to do <laughs> with his problem. I have never seen this before in my life. He not only kills the guy who screwed him over, he, he kills the partner in the business, he kills the wife the of daughter. both of them, and the daughter of this guy, and the dog. None of these characters did anything. Well, you don't know what the dog did. The dog attacked him. The dog actually, he has a reason, sort of. The dog attacked. But seriously, he kills out oh, an actor who's in the movie. The whole movie's hilarious because he really literally kills innocent people. I have never seen a movie like that before, if you think about it. I have never seen a movie where, because usually it's a conspiracy, you know? Mm. Everybody, or you're nuts and you think everybody, you know, Theater of Blood, Vincent Price kills all the people who gave him a bad review. Fives, he kills everybody. I forget why he kills everybody that in the first didn't one. Didn't help his wife. I think didn't get his. Yeah, you something. You know, he's you know. he's got a full on revenge thing on the police and the doctors and everybody. In this movie, this guy has one enemy. He kills anybody else who's in the movie. Well, see, that's where I'm I'm gonna put in that. This is what you liked. A, that there's a brilliant aspect. The film is 77 minutes long. Mm. The plot that you just described doesn't it's, take place well over 77 minutes. A lot of the film... It doesn't make any fucking sense. He, the director, he watches a lot of videos. That are scenes of, of genre horror that he then comments are shit that are fucking the hilarious. Whole movie, the whole movie... Yeah, well, the thing, one of the reasons the movie fails is because when you have a movie... That says something, a woman is beautiful or a guy is handsome. And the movie hinges on this, this person is the most being beautiful, beautiful woman. Painting and then, ever painted. Right, and the painting is, you know, like the, the painting from Girls' School Screamers. If the painting's not up to snuff, you start to laugh. If the, if the person who's supposed to be beautiful and everybody's killing, them, killing each other over this person is not beautiful, the whole movie falls apart because you just don't believe it. Yeah, I agree. Every movie in this movie... Is the same piece of shit. So there's no differentiation between. Excuse there's me. There's no reason to know why Bloodstream is better than Son of Mummy or Awaken Zombie. All the movies that are on the walls of this place is great. You think that? Well, what about the Quasimodo Hunchback? <laughs> Do you find me ugly? Then look again. I'll come a little closer. Hot frog guy. Yeah, yeah, hot frog. Yeah, yeah. So the, the basic movie is revenge. You took my movie. I'm gonna kill you. Phantom of Phantom of the Paradise type shit and all that. But he's gonna kill everybody who's in the movie, just because you're supposed to kill everybody, even though they didn't. Even though. And the funniest thing, is, the thing that I found funny is that when they set up all the murders, right? There's opportunities for the other characters to be shit, to be bastards. They're actually all very polite to him. <laughs> 
the actor, right? You're supposed to hate the actor. Oh, he's a, and the thing, the reason that he hates some of them is because they're just not good at their job. Yeah. So he hates the daughter because she's a floozy and she's the daughter. But he hates the actor from the movies because he's not a good actor. That's that's that he had he had nothing to, he did nothing to steal your movie. It's kind of amazing, but a ding dong this guy is. So while he's brooding about how shitty his world is, he doesn't plan anything. He's not going to kill anybody. He meets he needs to meet you know the lobe of his Leopold and lobe. He needs to you know the badlands. He needs both crazies. Secretary comes to him and gives him more. He already has a whole lot of videos. Yeah, yeah. So he's watching. There's a mummy movie he watches. There's a, a, a vampire movie. The vampire one is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I can give you eternal life. No! You send me to hell! So you, so you basically you get these you get these 30 second to minute and a half, two minute excerpts of all these fictional movies. Gonna, and they're all based on. Movies you've seen, right. and they are all fucking I'm, I'm gonna terrible. Po- I'm going to poll you on which is your favorite. They're all so good. The zombie? we got to get to the generator before they do. Well, the so, zombie movie made me laugh because I have never seen such bad zombie makeup. Yeah, it's hilarious. It looked like they had it's cottage. So funny. One of them had cottage cheese on his face. One of them had jelly on his face or jam, I guess, if it's Brit. I mean, nothing made s- The cannibal? Join me for dinner, or tomorrow you'll be the dinner. Like it? What is it? Um, what part of the body? Rump. My dear, you're eating your husband's ass. The cannibal movie's not that good. I didn't, except you're supposed to laugh because she's eating rump, I think. The yeah, cannibal movie was like like one of the waxwork mini-movies, except it was done by Michael J. Murphy. You're eating his ass. And she, the acting, everybody is a fucking disaster in this movie. Everybody is horrible. The acting is so fucking bad. What about the werewolf? In the his- werewolf! <laughs> it's starting. Remember, whatever happens to you must do as I told you. It's the only way you can help me now. Yes, Carl. <laughs> the werewolf is amazing. His whole—they didn't even bother to do his neck or anything. It's he, got everything you want in a bad movie. He's but not it's in a cage. Movies. He's in a bunch of a pallet. They—they nailed together some pallets. Who did that? His girlfriend? Did he Don't make know. the cage? The sets are great because you know they're filmmakers. In the eighties, what was it with? All films about movie makers that they all had pictures of classic Hollywood stars just splattered on their walls to prove that they were filmmakers. But Which they, you gotta love that people have like the golden age of MGM and then they take their eight, eight millimeter camera out and make garbage. But they also made posters for the movies he distributes. Oh my god, those posters are great. Uh, they have all these fake titles, and I guess these are the movies we see: Son of Mummy. We do. They see, didn't even have. We the, don't see Snakebite though. I don't. Snakebite, no. No, but we do see Awaken Zombie, which I love the name of that. I love Awaken Zombie. So Awaken Zombie is about like four zombies are attacking. One's attacking a couple. And the guy, they break up and the woman just runs past the zombies on a narrow walkway. So it's really yeah. scary. But the zombies bust windows even when... Oh, I love that the zombies are all smashing windows open. So you show action. But there's one open window that one just like plops through. Well, while what? the others are just smashing windows. He's a zombie. He doesn't Boy, know. we really smash glass in this thing. <laughs> It was like fucking unbelievable. So you get the zombie movie after Bloodstream. Then there's Killer in the Woods with an axe. Yeah, there's a kind of... A couple walking through the woods while a a, a, a scarecrow Jason 
uh, uh, town they dreaded sundown. Sun, yeah, thing exactly. That's what I was thinking. Of, coming yeah. at them, and he had, but he also looked like he had grass or plants coming out of his sleeves, some sort of folk horror thing. I was, I was intrigued by that one. <laughs> that was intriguing, and he just ha- he just axes two yeah. people. I mean, there's no. It's like if you watched Waxworks, but there were 22 of these little vignettes, and they were terrible, horrific. I mean, hilariously bad little home movies you get to watch yeah. throughout this. So there's, there's, yeah. So you get the Cannibal movie, which is a guy making, he's serving human flesh to this yeah. woman. It doesn't look like it's just yeah, it's that's bad. the whole movie. Right. There's yeah. a Exorcist. Can you hear me? Yeah. What is your name? Teresa. How old are you, Teresa? Nine. Leave her! And there's some vomiting. Vomiting's great because you could tell that they tilted the camera (laughs) so that she doesn't actually vomit onto him. She just lets green shit drip. Gravity take it to him. It's very weird. Um, Uh, So yeah, so you get all these... And the movie's beautiful because you get like... You get like 15, 20 little vignettes that are fucking horrible. Yeah. And Andy but, Milligan looking, Ted Michaels looking. It's Peeping Tom. I mean, you know, oh, it's, just, yeah. it's just. He's stealthy. That he, fuck. He, <laughs> he sneaks. He into, carries an X, an 8mm Super 8 camera around dressed in the costume from his movie, which his. The secretary who's in love with him, the secretary of the video plays, basically goads him into doing all this. But he was already seemed to be working himself up and having nightmares. It's really not good. But she makes the costume for him, which makes you wonder, what did they do with the prop from the movie? But his kills are, are bloodstream. Is he the bloodstreamer? Who is he? What yeah, is actually... What is the? I think he's the. Grim, I think he's just the Grim Reaper. So, which so is pretty, but he, he should have been the bloodstreamer. There's a guy working out in his house. <laughs> he throws a fucking barbell. Also, he he looks like it's not that heavy. He could just throw it at the Well, because it's a problem. Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) But he just picks it up and drops it on him. They electrocute one woman. The one woman is electrocuted in the tub, but they don't show what is in the tub to provide the electricity. It looks like he just puts a wire in it. It looks like he plugs in the tub. That's that's what starts the phase of the movie where there's a lot of plugging and unplugging. Yeah, there's a 10 minute plugging in and (laughs) unplugging, plugging. He plugs in the. the, the, the brother-in-law of the distributor plugs in his uh, very tiny uh, chainsaw. chainsaw. And then... Hedge clipper. Hedge, I thought it was a hedge clipper. And then he kills that guy. But you have to admit that, that when our killer kills him with those hedge clippers, yeah. that dummy is realistic. That's really scary. I've never seen a dummy It looked just like way. him. Yeah. Was it a snuff film? I don't know. We should have the government investigate this and maybe shut down the industry. It was oh. it was such a... What a video nasty. What a nasty video. <laughs> that, that scene's amazing because that's why he kills the dog because the dog attacks him. But the guy thinks he's the dog even though he's dressed as a Grim Reaper and is standing 10 feet in front of him with a fucking Super 8 camera set up and lights. And he goes, Cleo for the dog. And I'm like, what What kind of I think wacky tobacco do you have to smoke? Giving- you're not giving Murphy I'm not giving this credit. credit. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm telling you, he's a genius. What a fucking piece of shit. I actually was sitting there going, this thing, this is pure shite from start to finish. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is just shitey. Yeah. Do they say shitey for shitty? I don't think so. Well, they do now. They do now? Yeah. Did I start that? You just did. But this thing is shitey. It's, uh, it's so fucking bad. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's, I definitely recommend it, but. But, it's marvelous. But the thing is, 
I'd rather watch this oh, than Things. Yes. Things. Th- things was not. A, things was tough. Things was funny, but Things was was assaultive. Yeah. yeah. This was. So you would recommend? If you I would recommend see- it as a bad good. It's it's it. I find I found it boring in stretches. But the thing is, then a new movie would get popped into the. I mean, it's hilarious how cheap it is that yeah. they couldn't even like a fake newspaper looks bad. I mean, they couldn't, <laughs> they could the posters look like they only made one of each. They and look like their kids their drew hand, them. And yeah, took them off the fucking refrigerator. It's, it's, it's a uniquely bad movie. Yeah, I mean, it really is like a home movie. Yeah. So let's have these. Que- are we are we going? Yes, we oh, are. Oh, I didn't know. We did the good. We did the bad. Now we're doing some questions and answers. Right. It's nice to have feedback, and uh, and we've been getting some feedback, and people have been asking a few things. But uh, you were like, uh, we're going to record. Does anybody have anything they feel like saying, and we'll respond to it? Let's get started. Yeah, this will be interesting. Lola Bell seventeen mm-hmm. on Twitter at Lola Bell seventeen said, right. uh, "Love to hear you guys talk about Ready or Not or Knives Out. I like them both a lot." I've only seen Knives Out. Right. I really enjoyed it. People seem to love it. I haven't seen either. I actually don't know anything about these films because I am not on top of new films in a way that's almost pathological. What is Knives Out about? Is that the one with the people in a mansion or something? With, not, Knives they, Out they kill, is... They kill somebody? Yeah, Knives Out is a, is a... No. I saw a no, trailer. No, that's or, Ready or Not. Okay, okay. It's I saw like you saying Sleuth, that Sleuth and Clue. Uh, not Sleuth. Uh, Last of not Clue. Sheila. Last of Sheila, that's right. Last yes, of they, Sheila, that... reminded you of... Uh, you know, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Right, it's right. a It's a cast of actors. Up, There's a murder mystery. Upsca- uh, upper class types, I guess. Rich people. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the patriarch, the family dies. How did he die? It's a murder mystery. Gotcha. Is there a will? There's always a will. Good. It's self-aware. It knows right. it's playing to Everything an audience fun. who watches that. Everything's so. self-aware. But I, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did. What's uh, the other one? Ready or not? Ready or not. Is yeah. that the one where everybody, like, somebody marries into a family, it yes. looks like, and they're killers once a year, or they do a ritual, or they're, they're, whoever gets it? Oh, yeah, you choose. I'm not quite sure I what's going on I have not seen there. that. It looked... People love it. It looked, um, it looked a lot like Clue with with weapon with lots of weapons. Okay, except sure. not as self knowing. Uh, we also got by um, at S. Deward. Oh, is it Scott Dorward? Yeah. Oh, great! Hi, Scott. Scott's awesome. Awesome podcast. Uh, I met him through uh, their own podcast, The Good Friends of Jackson Elias. Uh, the Blasphemous Tones is the podcast. We should put. I want to put a uh, shout out to them on the show notes because. Uh, He's been super supportive and is a friend, and uh, I appreciate that he's also been supporting us. Yeah. So, so he yeah. wrote, why do you think we love those weird, cheesy horror films from the 70s and 80s? Is it just nostalgia, or was there some strange magic afoot in those days? You know, well, there's another question about nostalgia that you might want to also... Somebody said something about introducing people. Let's let's hear that one also, because there's... There's a lot of similar stuff going on in my head about all these questions. I'm just going to say his name because it's Rob Grosso. I know him sure. in real life. No, that's fine. I, I guess because I'm a generation younger, what advice would you recommend for someone who is in a different generation to enjoy the type of movies that you enjoy? An odd question. I guess my question is, when you have a generational gap, what can someone who is younger do to appreciate the schlock and enjoyable movies without the veneer of nostalgia attack? Nostalgia is a big part of this of the fact that we are covering a lot of older stuff we've been talking about our experiences growing up with this stuff seeing it in the movie theaters um seeing it at repertoire theaters and at, at things like that and growing up where this stuff was less available it was always cut i mean all that stuff i don't it's hard to explain i don't love something just out of nostalgia in comics there's a lot of people who have a lot of love for stuff that they grew up on and i'm sure that's the same with the movies and the 
I don't read the comics that I read as a kid. I have a lot of, um, what's the word, fondness for the John Byrne, George Perez, Claremont, Wolfman stuff of the 80s and things. I don't, I don't like them anymore. If you know what I'm saying, I um, can't. Well, X Men. Have you Titans. have you grown out of the storytelling? Is do you know too much about how no, these were made? No, it's, or? it's I don't like the storytelling. Okay. I don't like the stories. Um, there's just I just I do not have. I, I, every time I've taken out one of those anthologies from the from the 70s or 80s of stuff that I grew up on, I find myself really bored with them. A lot of the things that I'm I, I have no nostalgia for for uh, Giallo. I didn't grow up on it. It's not a 70s thing. It's not a 60s thing. I am rediscovering it. I'm discovering it for the first time in a lot of ways. I never saw Suspiria. I have no nostalgia for Suspiria. I don't want old times to come back. I find myself really just not aligned with the way films are made these days. Well, I don't like the the actors don't appeal to me. The direction is always too fast. Uh, I mean, this is a generalization. The movies are too expensive and slick looking. Everything looks photoshopped and on steroids. The skies are played with. The buildings are relit. Everything has been touched. Um, I just I find them. I find myself more aware of how the films are made than even when I watch a piece of shit with a bad rubber mask on. I have no interest in what's in nostalgia like Stranger Things yeah. or uh, something like that right. either. When Scott asks, "Was there something special about that time?" I think there was. There was, but that time also appeals to us. I, and think I yeah, but I and I can't to, make somebody like uh, that special. I don't. Yeah. I don't like. I have a cutoff date. Yeah. If a horror movie is made in you don't like, like 90, old movies. You don't like old movies. I don't like really, you you really, don't really old. Like old movies. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not necessarily into 30s, 40s, and 50s genre. Yeah. Not old movies in general. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of stuff in the 90s. I tend to even stay. I away have from a, them. the same thing. And we grew, and we weren't old in the 90s, and we were going no, to the movies. But I don't look for 90s movies to watch. What happens is, the clothing, the cars. The hairstyles make me go, oh, let me check out this movie. I'm yeah. more apt to go, this movie looks crazy. Yeah. It's made in 73. Look at that crazy 70s aesthetic. Well, that's aesthetic. something that I do like. Yeah, I will. I will. And it's not necessarily, I don't know if it's nostalgia or just I like the, I mean, movies are visual. There's a visual. I can watch a bad movie and I can just stare at the backgrounds of what L.A. or New York looked like in black and white or color or whatever if there's a movie that takes place and it has a lot of uh it's shot on location somewhere interesting even if it's cheap and not that great i will sometimes just find myself enjoying looking at what the gas stations and the buildings look like in this small town that this movie takes place in nostalgia but, plays a key sure. and yes there was and the 80s was an insane well time. the thing was the 80s was yeah there's a certain there's certain time there's rises and falls and there's pits and valleys and everything and the 80s did have a such churn out of this stuff every that week even if you didn't go there's a reason that you know there are a lot of people making films based on 80s films these days and i mean i think people are of the right age to want to make them but also i mean 80s films just had a certain they made a lot of them and there was a lot of really good ones that are still being remade i mean halloween and friday the 13th is pre-80s but they really feel like 80s movies you have nightmare on elm street you've got um uh all that, a lot of the directors that we like that came up, Carpenter, Cronenberg, they did a lot of their most interesting work in the 80s mm. or, or early 80s. I mean, it was like punk and new wave. It was kind of hand in hand with punk and new wave and alternative comics. There was just, I mean, the zeitgeist, for lack of a better word for it, of what was going on. There was just a lot of crazy movies being made. 
but I don't ever watch anything because I go, hey, I really need to, I need some, you know, uh, uh, comfort food. Right. It's just that there's a lot of 80s movies I still have not seen. The jerky way that they were making a lot of these movies at the time. There was yeah. just a really, a lot of energy. I, th- I guess to answer Robert's question, if you don't have nostalgia, how do you watch these? I think what you do with anything is if you like watching schlock and weird yeah. movies, this is the best time there's... Well, I guess it's always the best time to be alive when you're alive. Right. But you have access to everything. Access to- One of the things that I would suggest, take the filmmakers that you like now. If you like uh, Ryan Johnson, is that his... If you like the yeah. people who are making horror movies now... Um, Watch some interviews with them or read some stuff about what they're influenced by. Right. And uh, in the case of somebody like Rob Zombie, you'll <laughs> you'll like everything better than what he makes, maybe because he's just been making Texas Chainsaw Massacre fifteen times. Right. But I would I would try that. I would I would say if you like the if you like the Void, whatever the hell it was called. I mean, you mm. might like John Carpenter movies. If you like what Rob Zombies does, you might like to go check out seventies slashers right. or and read is- about. The older films that they are into, try that, and then yeah, you can watch everything for free now. And if you don't like it, it's fine. And it also doesn't mean the decade sucks because you didn't like one movie. It right. just means this is either your taste or that particular movie didn't work for you. Right. I, it's really hard to just say to somebody, "I'll throw you into the pool of horror movies from 1973, and you're going to like it." You might say these are decades or times of mm. you know when mm. films are made. We go, ah, we don't really maybe want to see that, or I'm not interested in that, or whatever. But we do still watch a lot of shit. Watch a lot of shit. Yeah. And, you know. and watch the shit you like. And ju- get the next ice flow to jump to. If you like, uh, if you find yourself liking zombie films and you want to try Horror Express, try uh, zombie films from Italy if you haven't. Try, I mean, if you like gothic horror, you know, go down those avenues and then just find new ways of connecting to other films. At that other dude 12 asks, have you guys ever thought of talking about sequels that maybe shouldn't have been made or were just retreads. I'm thinking along the lines of Creepshow 2, stuff like that. Or ones that shouldn't, uh, that should have gotten a sequel. Which is good. It's a good question. It's a good topic. Actually, right. you could talk a lot, but I almost typed out to this dude that you're going, first of all, you're going to hate our reaction to Creepshow 1 and 2. I prefer Creepshow 2 to Creepshow 1. I haven't seen Creepshow 2 in a long time. I didn't hate it. I don't think it's great. I liked it. I, I think I'd rather watch that than Creepshow 1. Well, that's my point. For several reasons. One, uh, it's much more straightforward, and I actually think it does its job better. I'm sorry. Two, I've seen Creepshow 1 probably like four, five times. Yeah. And um, I have a lot of problems with Creepshow, even though I've seen it that many times. And I think it's a likable film. I don't think it's very good. So that I mean, really... it's better than the Tales of the Dark Side. No, movie. it's better. It's better than monsters. It's better than oh, a lot yeah. of these things. I mean, you know what? I, what I liked. What I like about it is that it's a fun movie. As far as the actors are having a good time, it's it's got some energy. I don't think it's that well directed because I don't think George Romero is a great director. I think he makes better films when they're slower. I don't think it has a lot of pop energy like the Tales from the Crypt show, which I hate. But at least it has a, a pulse. I think it's very slow. Considering the fact that it's an anthology, it feels like some of the segments are really long. Where I think in Creepshow 2, the stories are tighter and, 
Yeah, it's a much cheaper movie, but yeah, I, and I, it's it's junky. But you know, you, you, the, the last like one it. is the Hitchhiker. You know, you hit a guy and he keeps coming back. Uh, you know, the raft is another Stephen King uh, and story. And I think the raft works really. I well. I thought the it's raft actually worked movie. really, really well in the movie. The, the sequels. I can think of two sequels that should never have been made. Well, the sequels that I think should never have been made is uh, Phantasm three to five. But then the, should have made the second one. All sequels should be made. I think you know the, what I'm saying? Yeah. And none should be made. The the gate two. The gate two is one of the. That's a good one. That's Fright one of, Night two. Fright Night two is fucking horrible. Um, didn't we just talk about one where the movie's the same exact movie? Well, it's another forty eight hours. Well, yeah, we're but talking we, about, yeah, we were talking about in terms of. It feels like there's a point where if you're making sequels, I wish you'd stop. The Howling two is a is a terrible turnaround of the. Sequel. What about the marsupial ones? Like I that? haven't seen any of them past two, but it's amazing how the, these those are good ones that you point out because there's films that are bad because they're just bad. You know, name your Halloween or your you know what I mean. Those film series when they turn them into a franchise, you just you just wish they'd stop at a certain point. But they but I think what he's getting at, what you've just proved is there are movies where they just basically took the first movie and made you sorry you saw the second one exactly yeah and fright night 2 i caught on youtube and it just takes everything you liked about that first movie and said we don't know how they did that yeah did you love these characters we're gonna make them unlovable Hmm. did you like the way that that first movie worked we're just gonna make them it's just a generic it's a terrible, stupid if film. If a sequel, if, if in one film a guy believes in zombies or ghosts or vampires, and then in the sequel hmm. you have to read And it's not just, them. yeah, it's not just that, well, we couldn't get the girlfriend for the movie or she, or we, she didn't want to be in it or whatever. And we, I mean, I always wish they would just not get another girlfriend, but whatever. Because, it really, you know what I mean? If a romance is a big part of a movie and then the next thing you do is throw out that romance because you still want to make money on a movie, I would much rather you not have the character. Yeah. Have it that the character's away or something. You don't need a new girl or a new guy thrown in just for the heck of it. Have Ronnie McDowell meet somebody. Let him meet a guy or a girl or whatever the yeah. fuck. Don't have any romance, you know? Um, yeah, the, the, that, is a, that is a sequel that... It's a bad movie and it, it doesn't necessarily do a ton of things that make you go, oh my God, they killed Newt, they killed Higgs. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. <laughs> right. But what they did is they basically didn't get the character. They didn't know how to write those characters in a way that worked. They busted it back down to the beginning so they could do the same scenes and have them play out the same bullshit, except that everything in the movie is terrible. Right. Um, the Gate 2 is just miserable. It's so bad you can't believe the same people are involved, and I think they were. It just loses the magic of the first movie, the small magic of the the gate is such a cool movie, right? Yeah, the gate too is just unbelievable. It's like they used to rush a movie out so fast that they couldn't get like a they didn't have a story when they would start making the sequel to something because they wanted to get it in theaters mm-hmm. so quick, and then later on when you didn't really have to get that movie out in the same year that the first one came out. The idea that you would make the gate too, and the only scene that anybody remembers is that like a plate of food turned to shit or something. Oh god, yeah, exactly. That's when I was trying to. Why is that the only? That's terrible. Yeah, it's the gate too. Basically, it's when a movie turn goes one eighty on you. Do I like every choice made in Halloween two? I don't like Halloween two, to be honest. But I don't think it's so fucking. I just think it's a bad movie. I don't think it ruins the first movie. It almost feels like. It's just so forgettable and dumb. Yeah, I don't... That I, they just went for a Almost slip. insignificant. It, that's the thing. It's just such a... But it doesn't actually... The fact that they had to link together the family, they didn't do anything in such a way that it made me like hate the first movie. Fright Night almost ruins the first... You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because definitely. you know that the characters are going to go toward that. 
The ultimate sin to me is on rewatching Forty Eight Hours. I don't think it holds up. Sure, it's and another dead, yeah. yeah, and another Forty Eight Hours is the the film school guy to not yeah. how not to fucking make it's a just, sequel. Everybody, people hate Return of the Living Dead too. I think it's inoffensive. It's just a bad movie. You know, I haven't watched it since probably. I think that if nobody had seen if, if it wasn't a sequel to the first one and the first one didn't exist, people would go, "That's a dumb film." You know what? I would do. What do you think would have a sequel? Um, they're both John Carpenter films. Big Trouble in Little China. No, no. Uh, I would like to see a sequel to Prince of Darkness. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't think I would. I, I think I would. That takes place in the future, or. Um, or just you want I have it. I, I think I mean, that there's I would go fertile see it. ground. I would go see it. if Prince of Darkness is about, if that all happens like that, maybe the world's coming yeah, to an end. Yeah, yeah. Can you stop it? Yeah. I think that would work. I think there should be a sequel to The Thing. I think The Thing, yeah. the story of The yeah. Thing can be expanded into very interesting yeah, places. Yeah. It could be no, a that's, world that's event. What the, that's what the Dark Horse comics yeah. did. I didn't read any of them, but I mean, I, it, they kind of pioneered that idea of taking the license for something that was moribund and giving you canon stories or at least approved stories i think that was really really cool but i can't yeah i can't off the top of my head it's really hard because you start thinking of them more i wouldn't mind a tourist trap sequel but that's you know yeah i don't know how you do it but there's certain characters i felt i think mostly i'm thinking remake you know a movie that didn't quite have all its ducks in a row but had something interesting in them like tourist trap blue sunshine i would love to see blue sunshine remade at uh, cold the moon asked i would love to know your favorite horror animation claymation sequences right, 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 right. the That's, gate the gate you're right the scene actually was that clay animated or was that puppets i'm not when sh- it breaks that's clay. one of my favorite scenes and that's, that's why i saw, I saw the movie yeah, it's a spoiler, but I mean, that movie's like fucking ages and people always show it's it It's in the clips. trailer, yeah. yeah. One of the problems with Claymation is, depending on if you like it or not, yeah. it can really turn you off to right. something. Well, I'm a big stop motion fan, so I, I, don't, I enjoy it uh, too. Equinox, I love the stuff in Equinox, which is actually yeah. way better than it has any right to be. There's a couple of ways... You remember the name of that right off the bat. I, because it's in... The, they asked the question, so I remember <laughs> it. Uh, she, I'm not sure. If, yeah, it's... I, uh, I'm, I'm a, I apologize. Jenny, a wintry mix. She um, uh, talked about Equinox, and I'm like, yeah, Equinox is terrific. The Wing Demon doesn't work that great because it's really hard to peg flying characters when you don't have a huge budget. I mean, people like Dan Firth and Harry Haas and Willis O'Brien did a beautiful job on that. If you don't have time and money, a flying character is always going to look erratic. But it's pretty amazing how the stop motion works uh, on the creatures in that uh, when they, especially the way that they were able to set up the foreground background in that. There's some shots in, in Equinox where it really looks good. There's no lines around the creatures, and the, there's no the depth of field is really really good. So even when they have the guy who's playing the caveman, he's not, and he punches somebody. It's really effective. Um, Harryhausen, because I would count those well, as yeah, horror of scenes. Course. The scenes are action sequences, but when the skeletons, uh, Jason and the Argonauts, is one of the great scenes of all right. time. Right, yeah. There are people who don't like when the skeletons scream. I love it. I think it's just, it comes out of nowhere and it's really surprising yeah, and it's awkward and weird. Just, I always remember the... Um, I love that. And the music, the Bernard Herman music, the, when they're coming out of the ground with the elbow, you know. The huge statue, which is the huge... Talos. When they have to unscrew his heel. I love Talos. Talos is amazing. And I love when Talos comes to life and leans back for some reason. Harry House would always throw in some really interesting little side thing, a tail rattling or a character grabbing at itself or, or breathing. But I love when Talos just kind of comes to life and spends a second or two 
leaning on the pedestal. I love, um, I love everything in King Kong, which as a kid I found some of it creepy as hell. Black Scorpion. Have you ever seen Black Scorpion? Mm. Black Scorpion is fucked up. I think it's Mara Corday and John Agar. I'm not sure. But Black Scorpion is, uh, takes place in Mexico. It's a 50s giant monster on the loose. Okay. Uh, I think Channel 9 had it or Channel 11. And I had wanted to see it for years because as a kid I was a stop motion animation fanatic. And I knew that Willis O'Brien worked on it. I think he was at the end of his career. Somebody had to come in and help him. The Black Scorpion is fucking insane because I think the censors weren't on at work in the 50s that day because there were scenes in it that are revolting. Really? For a, 50, for a 50s movie that where... The black scorpion. The black scorpions are giant scorpions that come out of this cave and just start ripping people up. And there's one scene where the scorpions fight over a dead body, and they're holding it up in the air and picking <laughs> it out of each other. And it's fucking insane. The scorpions have a close-up that's not stop-motion animated, where the faces look. They don't match the models, but there's gerve coming out of their mouths and shit. It's really, wow. it's really visceral. And I love black scorpion. Nightmare Before Christmas is beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful. The character design, it's like the only Tim Burton stuff I like looking at, to be honest. I think it's a lousy movie, but the animation's fantastic. It's a beautiful looking movie. Mad Monster Party has a scene or two that's, that's nice, but the, but the budget's stretched on Mad Monster Party. There's some, I love the designs. They're all Jack Davis designs. And sometimes the movement is really nice, but the movie is not funny. Fantasia, the Chernabog from the uh, Night on Bold Mountain sequence. Uh, is that, that whole sequence I love. There's stuff in some Japanese movies, you know, Spirited Away, Miyazaki stuff. There's some beautiful, beautiful, creepy stuff in Spirited Away. At iTunes writes, is there any one film you would suggest as a sort of entry-level movie to show someone that would get them into horror or a subgenre of your choice? That the goes problem... back to what we said before, I think, though. It's really hard to... Yeah, I think when it comes... You have I... to know the person a little if bit. If you know the person and know what they like, yeah. the easiest, you know, if they like ghost films, just Google top 10 yeah. ghost films yeah. and look around because... It's... And here's the thing. You can't give somebody just one because... Right. Well, here's Let's spend the night watching three, four movies and, you know... Right. But you got to know what they like. And if it's somebody that you, you don't know, gamble but, on the best. But yeah, yeah, if you want someone... If you think someone would enjoy slashers or that, I mean, you... You know, there's Texas Chainsaw, there's, there's Black Christmas, which I still have to see. But there's, I mean, there's certain ones that almost yeah. everybody agrees on right. that people don't hate at all. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But they don't go, "Holy crap! I can't believe anybody watches Phantasm." If they're if they're into fashion, they can watch you know Blood and Black Lace. If yeah. they like punk rock uh, or or metal, well, metal. There's a whole episode on. We've been watching a lot of a lot of <laughs> rock and roll yeah. ones, and Oof. they are never good. Oof. But Return of the Living Dead is. A lot of fun. I mean, Dawn of the Dead is wild. But, it, you know, I don't it, know. You know. The safest subgenre is probably horror comedy. Find a horror comedy. Probably. And, and see what some... But it, it also, a lot of people, some people, a lot of people don't like horror comedies. They don't like that mixing. Reanimate is always a good one to throw at somebody. But, I mean, there's probably a lot of newer ones that I don't know anything about. Right. That are really, I mean, that's the other thing. Is it a kid? A kid might creep, you know. Yeah. A lot of it's, younger it's, folks look at Halloween and go, it's stodgy. I get it, but it's stodgy. At Blast underscore Fantastic writes, How about Dario Argento's Three Mothers trilogy? Right. I still find Suspiria more annoying than good. I know, heretic. But I love Inferno and was happy enough with Mother of Tears. Simplistic ending, dumb rat scene, bad ghost effects and all. What do you think? Uh, I haven't seen Mother of Tears. I love Suspiria. I love Suspiria. I think it's a classic. And I don't I know watch how it can be lot. irritating, but 
Everybody to their own. Yeah. I hate Inferno. I hate Inferno. There's a couple of. We're not going to ever do this episode where we. Why do we agree so much? This is insane. Well, maybe it's why we hung up. Marry me. (laughs) (laughs) We can go see the bad films here. But yeah, um, I found Inferno really irritating uh, in that I loved some of the imagery. But, but as, it, as, as a story, boring I Boring yeah. and empty. I love the uh, the Grim Reaper effect at the end. I love the room. I love the way it opens. There's something about the opening of that movie that I really, really love. The, uh, oh, yeah. The academic opening in the school room. Sure. And it goes, to me, it goes to nothing. Yeah. It's absolutely bizarrely meandering for Argento. Even when Argento meanders, usually there's crazy shit behind every door. And I thought Inferno just felt like a... Felt like one of the earlier, like, you know, Bird with a Crystal Plumage or something, except somehow all this horror imagery was in there, but not to any really great, you know, except that that library underwater or whatever it was is mm. fantastic. And to me, it's wasted in a movie that does nothing. And Mother post, of Tears is not... It looks like shit. It, that I was saw, my point. It doesn't I, look good. And I, Argento should be bright and colory and it, or it, just it, fantastic. It, 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 well, I, the thing is, it, it's recent Argento. Which all looks like crap. And and recent Argento is, yeah, he was great once though, so we'll throw money at him. I get that younger viewers might be coming to him without having the older movies under their belt. Everybody is allowed to like what they like. And the first thing that you see of somebody is the first, and you like it, you like it. You're allowed to like it. You should like it. If You know what I'm saying? We're not gatekeepers. But after I saw Phantom of the Opera a few years ago, I just went, you know what? I'll catch up on everything he did creepers down mother mother of tears deserves a prettier crazier more interesting movie it's almost never a good idea when the band gets back together also that late in life and they're missing most of their players at fugberg writes only tangentially related to horror but i'd like to know your guys feelings about mst3k would also be curious to know your feelings about trauma i suppose evan must like at least one of their early films mother's days so it's Ike and Adley. Yeah, the Eltingville. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't know if people get this reference, but the Eltingville Club is not um, advocacy. If they mention it, doesn't mean I like it. I happen to like Mother's Day. I do too. Quite a bit, even though I do realize it's under attack from a lot of people for the treatment of women. But it, a lot of that stems from, I think, when the movie came out and also, yeah, the, the women have batted around. But it's a very Texas uh, chainsaw in that it's not, as, it's not that terrible, really. And the women, I think do have agency in the movie, but I'm not going to tell anybody how they should feel about this. It's a rough movie. It's a weird, yeah. very physical, crazy movie. I find it funny. Uh, I could understand people not finding it. It's low budget. It's dirty. It's cheap. It's, it's, it's a little porny feeling. Right. Um, Without there being any real... It's, it's, yeah. It's one of those movies that people fl- really, really got angry about uh, when then you watch it and like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or... Uh, it's more disturbing, but doesn't really... It's not gory. It's, it's not, not... It doesn't show It's not much. I spit on your grave. It's not I spit on your grave. It's, no, I yeah, don't think it's anywhere near No, that. it doesn't... Dra- and, and in fact, um, not much happens in the movie as far as the you know the body count or, or the gore. But uh, I think that it... I think it drove a lot of people nuts because there's a creep factor to it. I like it, but yeah, it's, it's not really a true trauma film for me. There's a lot of things that are trauma films. Well, so, it's hard to tell. There's, right. there's trauma and there's trauma distribution. Right. So, so the thing is, trauma films, that's Sergeant Kapuki, there's man. There's films that they make and then there's films that they pick right. up. Aven- uh, but there's also a feel of them. Like Class of Newcomb High, yeah. 
um, Fat Toxic Guy Avenger. Goes nutsoid, yeah. uh, uh, is, I don't. I is don't. Is that the ninja surf ninjas? Surf ninjas must, must die. die. I don't like the feel of those at all. My take on Troma has been for a very very long time now. I love everything about Troma except their movies. Okay. Yeah. I like that they do everything on their own. I like that the the guy who's been doing it, Lloyd Kaufman, still does it. Okay. I like sure. that they give everybody uh, it's this place to fail and make just silly doofusy junk I don't find their movies interesting scary funny sexy I have never seen a trauma film I've liked I don't hate Toxic Avenger but I don't I don't hate it but I don't like it I don't I don't get it I don't get it as a successful this is the I mean timing and this and that it's a character but Toxie the whole character of Toxie and all that that had a cartoon I didn't buy into any of it I just thought Toxic Avenger was just dumb and I, I thought kind of boring the action is never good and the stories are never good. And their strength is supposed to be the, just the sloppy, fun, you know, like the sloppy seconds of, of movies kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's references. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's punk rock. It's rock and roll. It's sex. It's exploitation. But it's so knowing that they're making schlock that they just make schlock. Anyway, MST3K. I love Mystery Science. Theory. Yeah. In 1990... There's a group of friends on Staten Island who are passing tapes and watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 and very good times, I remember. I am super fond of Mystery Science. Um, I can remember the first time I saw it. It was the first time I ever went to Los Angeles. Robbie Bush and I went there. He was uh, staying at uh, Friends of the Family's, their house out there. He was doing um, interviews out there with the studios or whatever. I was just there to see L.A., and we were staying at this person who had some, you know, okay money, not a huge place or anything, but everybody was drinking champagne and depressed because it was the night of the first Gulf War. So I get there and it's the first time I ever saw people buying liquor with a credit card over the phone. Everything was just strange <coughs> being in LA. And during our time there, we, I was flipping channels and they had, they had Mystery Science. We didn't have it then. I forget what it was on. Comedy. Ha. Ha, right. And it was a Gamma episode and Robbie and I were dying. I mean, it was schlocky, it was cheap, it was funny, it was knowing. When it came to New York, I watched a lot of Mystery Science. At some point, I just... It went cold for me. Before Mike, it was before... I just... Something about it stopped working for me. I never... I don't hate it or dislike it. I'm, I'm like, I'm super respectful and fond of it. Um, but I don't enjoy watching the movies that way. And I don't really find the comedy as funny as I did back then. Stevie had access... To tapes, she got side hacking or side hackers. Side, side hackers, yeah. And the way it would work is Stevie would watch it, she would bring it over, I would watch it, yeah. And then I would see who was around that wanted right. to watch it. I watched a couple over at your place with everybody. I watched most of them myself or with Sarah. Pod people, I think we watched. I watched, and I watched some of them a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, I've seen Pod you know, people. That's Pod my favorite. Great. Pod people's terrific. I also think the guys that went off to do riff tracks. I've watched a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. Some of them are just as good. Yeah. I just uh, you know something about the format stopped working for me, yeah. and that's all. Okay, this is why it's really super personal. I admit that I like a lot of shitty movies. Okay. And I like a lot of them, ironically and unironically. I get a kick out of them. For various reasons that it, they just they push the right buttons, you know what I'm saying? And um, when I would go, I got Netflix. And I couldn't. I saw all these titles for films, and I was got excited. And I put it on. And it's the Mystery Science 
version. I'm like, ah, shit. I find another one. It's the mystery. That's all you could find for a while. Okay. Was the mystery science version. So that really turned these... you off? Um, no, but it's just, it didn't help. Okay. I, and I, I realized I didn't want to watch those versions. That's when I realized, I said, like, okay. I guess I'm just not interested anymore. When I say, what's my biggest influences on my sense of humor? Mm. I always say the Uncle Floyd show. SCTV. I'm flying. Get me way up high, suddenly here am I, I'm flying. And honestly, I think MST3K. I loved it when I loved it. My name is Dr. Robert Fisher. Our last question. Yes. I don't know if you recognize this name. It's from Robert M. Beck. Slowly I turned. <laughs> Curious to hear your thoughts on some of the films considered modern-day horror classics. I haven't seen them, probably. No, yeah. specifically movies like Sinister, which I actually enjoyed, I didn't see and then it. The Conjuring, and perhaps uh, Heredity and Midsummer. I think I would also like an episode based on modern-day reinterpretations of old classic movies like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, uh, Evil Dead, Halloween, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'd also be curious to hear an episode on Rob Zombie, considering something of a darling to his fans, and while I really like his music and actually hate his horror movies, I thought House of a Thousand Corpses was a piece of crap, while The Devil's Rejects had a couple of interesting scenes, and for the most part, for me, it was a train wreck. What about also an episode on found footage films? Oh my um, God, Rob. I'm going to have to watch so many fucking movies now. Thanks, Rob. And, Thanks. Uh, and how movies like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity changed the face of horror pretty much for the past decade. I've, I, that's like four episodes right there. Jesus Christ, Rob. Um, Rob, you come to New York, take me to the movies for 15 <laughs> hours straight. Actually, they don't show this. I, have to. I, saw, I saw Sinister. I have not seen... I've seen three movies by those people. I think we've talked about them briefly. I saw Oculus. I, I mean, I've, I've not seen, seen The Conjuring, although I want to. It's up my alley. And I right. read about the people, the, the case that that's based on, even though it's, that doesn't matter. I mean, but I, anybody... I mean, I like paranormal investigation shit. They're not without scenes that are effective. They're just not my kind of horror film. I don't... There's a lot of I jump scaring. I jump scare. They jump scares for the sake of jump scares, so many of them. Yeah. They, I think they cheat the audience a lot. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, I Heredity it, or Midsummer. so... Did they do those also? No, those are those are two films... People seem to really like Heredity and I want to check it out, but... I haven't seen The Babadook. I know that some people mm. don't like it. Insidious that I liked, or when the, the Devo squad showed up and started putting Viewmaster reels in with different color codes to try. I thought that was super clever yeah, I, I enjoyed and that I that was those, my favorite part I liked those characters but the problem was that was a totally different movie mm. and then yeah, that movie has three movies in it what about reinterpretations of old classic movies I mean, I, I've seen I haven't don't, seen them. I've seen Don't Be Afraid of the Dark yeah, I, I think it's terrible the, the problem with Don't Be Afraid of the Dark is that it reminds me of what I hate I, I always think of The Haunting mm. The remake Oof. of The Haunting. That's what's as wrong the with every, absolute. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the archetypal bad take. Yeah, Thirteen Ghosts is if the you, same way. If you do it that way, I'm not in. Yeah, the thing I hated about The Haunting, which I think a lot of particular, you know, certain horror fans, because everybody's got their own taste, but The Haunting was basically like, let's. Hey, the, what this really needed was uh, millions of dollars <laughs> pumped into it and cranked up everything and a CGI. More, sp- Staircase, CGI, CGI, at, you know, lo- locations, lots of things changing around, 
And when the blood goes, it re- I mean, 13 Ghosts was, was just a dumb movie about a, a glass-moving machine house that had ghosts in it or something. It's just, I just, that doesn't, I mean, if you, there were people who really, really liked that stuff. I, I don't think that you should remake a movie. Well, first of all, I don't think you should remake most movies. But when you just go, we have the effects to do this better, you need something more than that. You need something more than to just make it more bigger, faster, louder, mm. bloodier. But a lot of these things, they, they're not dumb. They, no. know, they know when they're remaking The Haunting, they're not doing The Haunting. Right. House. They, I'm not going to say that they think that they're doing Shirley Jackson or that they're doing the Robert Wise version. They're clearly not. What they're doing is just taking a name that's known so that there's interest right from the get-go. This is why they option things. I mean, there's, there's, they, they option a book or a comic and they basically just want the name and maybe one idea. They don't really want the story. I saw the Evil Dead remake. Yeah. And they made a big deal over that and it just not a, the sink. It's not a bad movie at all. Yeah. But I don't understand why it has to be Evil Dead. Because you're going to go see it to see why it's called Evil Dead. And yeah. that's a problem. I agree. Everything's got to be nastier. That's really, really it is. It's the cruelty level. Like with The Haunting and all that, it didn't feel like it was totally the cruelty level. It was just everything was on steroids. You know what I mean? If they had a... A monster here, we're going to have a bigger monster, yeah. a better, a bloodier monster. We're going to have, we're going to show more guts. It's just throwing shit at you. I mean, I guess when it comes to Rob Zombie, I'm, I'm not really a fan. Uh, yeah, I, I He's think... He's a Dracula. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I loved it. Yeah. Hey, look, the guy names his band White Zombie and he's got the Phantom Creeps jumping on his stage. Sure. He should have stopped right there. That was cool. House of a Thousand Corpses is, is just junk uh, what are you, lords of salem is his probably his best movie but i don't think it's great i didn't know lords of salem was a rob zombie film and i kept seeing it come up on people's lists now i don't think we could do an episode on found footage there's i haven't seen that many found footage we we saw the <laughs> rich project there's you we, could th- we liked it until we got to the diner yeah when it sinks in blair which is terrible Did and he kicked the map oh, fucking Right, the, the mo- everybody in the movie theater yeah. was like, <sighs> I kicked the map. Well, do you remember water. what Sarah said? You New Yorkers don't know what it's like to live where there's trees. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it. It's true. I, I liked scenes of Blair Witch, but the whole movie was so... Even while I was scared in that movie, I was, so, I was, rolling, I was like, this is bullshit. Because once you introduce the camera, the whole movie just goes to shit. Somebody always has to hold the camera up. Once somebody picks that camera up and keeps filming... Keep filming! I only saw one of the paranormal activities. I totally called on it. I really don't like the movies where it's where you're watching uh, 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 security cams. But yeah. REC 1 and 2 Oh, I haven't seen those because terrific. you recommended it to me. And by the time that you recommended it to me, the first one got yanked from Netflix. Um, I'm actually like nervous. They look scary to me. They are. To go back to the question about sequels, there are four REC movies. The first two... REC movies are connected yeah. very close together. The third one is a prequel and it breaks the kind of format. Yeah. It moves away from the found footage. And the fourth one concludes the story. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's such a piece of shit, it ruins it. Really? It is the gate to. Wow. And, I believe it. You know, you know. It's hard to go four for four. I mean, is there anything that goes four for four? Well, people don't like the third one and I could see why, but I thought it was right. an interesting movie. There's a real problem with. With found footage in that, it's got to it's got to be the most contrived horror thing. Have you seen Thesis? No. It's a Spanish horror film thriller that has I don't know if this is a genre, but it's partially found footage mm. in the sense that they literally find shit on a cassette, right? And they watch some of it and they investigate. But to gotcha. me, 
I would rather see found footage being an element in a film instead of some jackass running around yeah, the whole movie, camera. I mean, look, the idea of the fake documentary, the idea of found footage is a great idea. If you say this is based on a, a real story, that will creep you out even if you know it's not. It, right. There's just something about the yeah. fact that this could be real. And found footage is fantastic for putting you inside the movie. Your brain is responding in a different way, you know? The jump scares are really effective because your tunnel vision is through this camera, which like further cut, you know, it puts almost blinkers on you're not as aware of what's going on around you because you're really concentrating through this viewfinder and you know that there's going to be stuff that you're supposed to be watching for. No harm done, doctor. Doctor. Doctor Robert Fisher. So th that's our questions. If people want to send us more questions, we will be happy. I mean, we had a lot more yeah. than we thought. If we did not get to your question because we didn't see it, let we us did. know. We did? We got everything? I believe we got okay. everything. We have a Patreon. Um, there's a link to it, I'm sure, on our website. Yes, and, there and is. Stevie will talk about it. Thank you, Stevie. You're welcome, Evan. And so these are, we have uh, 10 patrons, I yep. think you said, which is fantastic. Paul sent me an email, go, we're rich. <laughs> Supporting our silliness is, is, is just, it blows my mind. Thank you to Chris Day, uh, David Forsyth, Eric Webb, James Heimer, James Kristlovich, John Kent, Kay Davila, Luke, Roger H. Thank you, Roger. I know Roger. That's why I'm saying it. And Scott Dorwood. Thank you, Scott, so much. Scott, again, of the uh, uh, Good Friends of Jackson Elias uh, site and the uh, Blasphemous Tomes podcast, which uh, is a podcast that really early podcast that got me into podcasts. I wasn't listening to a lot. Uh, they're super supportive. Uh, uh, Scott, Paul, and Matt. And uh, so shout out to them. And... Uh... Thanks to uh, Jacob uh, Bouvet and Matt Miller. They became patrons after we recorded episode 10. Thanks, guys. Shout out to everybody who uh, is backing us right now. I mean, thank you so much. Yeah, we, thank you. It's we, really great. We cannot tell, I can't tell you how, like, when we got our first, like, three backers, we were, like, giddy. Find the podcast online at tearthemapartpodcast.home.blog. Listen on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music. Follow on Twitter at Tear Them Podcast. So basically, this episode is going to prove to everybody that I have absolutely no taste whatsoever as far as there. I don't like these stuff. Uh, I don't watch Mystery Science Theater, and I like Creep Show too. You, you're dinged on the Creep Show too. <laughs> you, were, you were saying, well, Paul's dying. I can't do this alone. Don't die. Oh, you have to edit this. I don't know how to. Do the camera even? It's not a camera. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, I fall back. On equinox. I, equinox. I know it's equinox. No, boy, do I like that equinox. Ugh.